Hello, welcome to the YouTube Success Podcast. My name is Matt Hughes, King of Video. I always forget to do my own intro at the start of this podcast, but I'm delighted to be joined by one of the TubeFest speakers, Doreen. And I want to tell you one story about Doreen. We'll talk about this in a minute. But when I first met her, I didn't know how to say her name, so I called her Dorian. I think that's what I said, Doreen. Do you remember? Yeah, yes. she remembers. But a lot of people do. A lot either. of people do. So. It's no. all right. Well, you know, the one thing that really annoys me in life is saying people's names not correctly or forgetting people. I'm really bad at that as well. You know, running a conference, I'm going to see so many people and they're going to say hello to me. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm already cringing thinking about it now than saying hello to me and not knowing who they are. So already I apologize. If you come along and you're listening to the podcast, you're thinking of coming along, you see me, you say hello. I apologize for my future self. But I'm so happy you came along to the podcast. We've not been running this podcast very long, but I was really keen with the speakers that we could talk about what you might get from their session. Before we run into the session, let's talk about you. Let's do your intro. Do you want to do your own intro right. and tell us a little bit about it, please? Sure. Happy to meet everybody that's listening to this podcast or uh, might be viewing if there's any video here. My name is Doreen Morin Van Dam. Grew up in the Netherlands but have been in the U.S. for 35 years. I'm a social media strategist, and I help small business owners, coaches, entrepreneurs, getting the content, the content that's in their head um, out on social. I think that's really my best, um, that's my superpower. There's a lot of experts out there, right? High-level coaches, a PhD in nutrition, and that's who I work with that have all these ideas that are looking for consulting clients and they want to be active on social, but they really don't want to be on social. So that's where I come in. I'm their content manager, their strategist, and I get that content on paper or, you know, in a Google file and then on social. So that's really where my superpower is. And that's, I think, what we're going to talk about when I visit the UK in May. And I'm going to help small business owners, just like you, if you're listening, and what my system is and, and what is the one thing that's really helped my own business, but also my client's business move forward. Wicked. And my listeners will remember that we spoke to Judy Fox quite a few episodes ago now uh, but judy was well is one of the queens of linkedin for sure she's got a huge profile do you know judy doreen yes yeah. i do we spoke um at social media week lima in 2022 oh, together so i got to meet her in person amazing yeah, yeah so i assume so because this marketing world is much smaller than you think but when we spoke to judy judy's a linkedin expert right and and the thing is when i was putting together the conference i was like well who do we want? We've got this creators and uh, creators track, and we've got some great creators on there. And when I looked at the business track, I was like, who's doing something really cool with video that's not that normal? <laughs> I mean that totally respectful, of course, because it is quite normal, actually, for people like you and me, but maybe not if you've never done this kind of thing before. So can you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you've been doing and how you came up with the idea to do this thing? Sure. Um, I was on, I've been on social media in the, in the, in marketing for about 13 years. And so in 2016, when Facebook first came out with Facebook lives, I remember being on the beach. I lived in Myrtle beach and trying it out with my kids. And 
you know, we all know what happened next. There's this lady sitting in her car that bought a Chewbacca mask. She put it on, started laughing, went on for 20 minutes, and it got 150 million views, right? Facebook Live was there. Everybody was like, okay, now we can go live from our phones. It was kind of the first taste that we got. And as a marketer, I knew that this was an amazing tool, but it takes a little bit of time to come up with a strategy that works for you. So um, about two years ago, I started a weekly live show where I go live and I invite guests to come on. And my superpower there is to be consistent. I did a lot of research on who I should have on the guest, you know, as a guest and, and what the topics were and all those things. But really, the most important thing that I have found is being consistent. And I have tips on how to be consistent because we all have these good intentions of, you know, starting a show or starting a podcast, right? But a lot of this quit. And I have a system where it's really hard to quit. <laughs> so in the last two years, I've done about 45 to 50 episodes each year. This is year three. I'm relaunching January, relaunching it as a third season. And I already have 15 guests signed wow. up. I'm already booking into April and May. And that's really the secret. It's putting yourself out there saying, I'm going to do it and doing live every week. If you as a business owner, like talking to people. Consider this your one-on-one -on -one weekly opportunity to make a new connection, like a networking opportunity. But you're going to do it in front of, you know, potentially <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people, right? But you're having that one-on-one -on -one conversation. And that's really what a live stream can do for you. You can stream it to, you know, a, a variety of places. I'm streaming, currently streaming it to LinkedIn, to my profile. I'm streaming it to my personal profile on Facebook and I'm streaming it to YouTube. And so there's a different audience in these places, but for 30 minutes a week of having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody, I'm getting a huge return on investment. I'm able to use this content, repurpose it, you know, cut it, clip it, do all sorts of things with it. And it's really what's bringing me my leads in my business because I am visible. And I've been visible now for over two years, every single week. And it's the consistency that pays off. Okay. So, so we're going to come back to that in a second. Yeah. The return that you've had, because I think it's really interesting. Actually, you're not the only speaker. There's an, another speaker, Louise, who has a similar story with the return that she gets from YouTube on LinkedIn. But I, I just wanted to go back. You say so you mentioned the Chewbacca thing. Is that how, is that, the thing that you see as, see as the catalyst, that, that Chewbacca moment. That absolutely was the catalyst because it allowed us to go live without any tools. You literally yeah. have a phone on your hand. Because before you could do FaceTime with somebody, right? Yeah. If you had an iPhone. But in order to go stream to Facebook, anywhere you were, we all became instant journalists. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, we're now going live. We're in New York City or we're on the beach or wherever. We're reporting the stories as we see them instead of recording them, uploading them and then sharing them as a video. We're now live streaming. We're yeah. now the journalists. And that really, I think, was the when everybody saw that, it just went wild and crazy. I was on the I was on the local news uh, within a couple of weeks when I lived in Myrtle Beach talking about this phenomenon of Facebook Live. They're like, you know, the new station was like, what is this? Yeah. You know, how can we use it? And so 
yeah, I think that was in 2016. I think that was a huge catalyst for us. And of course, now there's all kind of sophisticated tools that you can multi-stream to different places. But that really was the place where I see, because a lot of people then were active on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook. Facebook was huge. Facebook groups was huge. It was growing. It was really the platform where most business owners were. I think there's been a big shift. You know, we're, we're, I'm much more active on LinkedIn. I shifted to Twitter for a bit. Now I'm shifting to threads. You know, we're, of course, things change. Yeah. But that at that time was a huge catalyst for live streaming. And that's, yeah, I, th I think I did. I didn't think I realized at that time. It was really weird, actually. I, I was driving down the street and I saw that Chewbacca mask in someone's car just yesterday. It was really funny. So it did immediately remind me of that video. But I don't use, you know, when we think about Facebook Lives, and again, for people like us right now, it's perfectly normal and natural. When I invited you to the podcast, it's not like you sat there and you was really concerned. Well, to my knowledge, you weren't really concerned and nervous. You're so used to this now. But do you remember getting started and how easy was that for you, getting started with live or sort of video in general? What's that journey been like for you? Yeah, so the initial four years that I was doing live and you were part of that, I was doing it in a private Facebook group. So the audience was much smaller and I was doing a weekly, almost like a webinar series where I would invite people to be guests, but really they were the topic expert. And I was really more of a facilitator than anything else. And I did that weekly in a private group. Sometimes we'd have 10 people show up, sometimes 50, sometimes 100. Of course, the replays would go out to everybody in the, in the group and to the newsletter. So it did have a wider audience. But it was really intimate. And that was really great because it was the target audience of social media managers who I'm a social media manager, right? So I can talk to them. I knew the topic. I knew basically how to answer the questions, anything that came at me. So that was a really beautiful space for me to practice being that interviewer, being that facilitator. Yeah. And there was a lot of, that was definitely a learning curve to that. And then once that ended, that's when I said, you know what? I got to do this for myself. I've got four years of experience. I got to expose my knowledge to the world. And that's when I started Strategy Talks. That within two months of that ending, that's when I, that's when I started that. So that, that was the catalyst for me. Yeah. And, and so the reason why I asked you that question is because it's quite easy to look at a podcast like this and videos, YouTube and Strategy Talks and think, Oh, I should just start that. And then you get there and you look at the equipment or the software you're going to use or whatever and go, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. But actually sometimes just starting and doing it in that intimate environment gives you enough experience and enough com uh, confidence to get started. And also to say really that it, it's, you're six years in from that then, you know, yes. this is not at least six years in, yes. Yeah. So yeah. And I see this all the time when it comes to YouTube, like in groups, people are like, oh, I've just started. I've only got 200 subscribers. And I'm like, oh my God, you got 200 subscribers. Like you've started, that's, you're way off the blocks, you know, and they focus on the small numbers, but actually think about that as a consistent thing across six years. Like you already knew, I'm sure you did when you started strategy talks that you'd already got a network of speakers that you could reach out to and then invite yeah. them to it. 
You'd already got a network of uh, attendees that knew you, that had come along, that networked with you, that uh, seen all of your stuff. And so you generated and created that audience already. And it is, it's hard and dis, um, not disconcerted, but it's difficult at the start when you've not got an audience to build it, but you've got to stay in it for the long game, right? A plan for the long game. Right. And that was one of the best tips that I got when I got started. I asked, I talked to a podcaster who'd been doing it for eight, 10 years. And I said, so I'm going to start this show, you know, interviewing him. And he's like, do this. He's like, make a list of 20 to 30 people that you want to have on in the next year. You want to have more, but make that initial list. Invite 20 of them. Yeah. As soon as, and, and have a calendar ready, invite them. I had 12 people booked in two days. Wow. Now it didn't matter what was going to happen. I've got 12 people waiting to be on my, on my, on my podcast. So I bulk invite people at this point. I, I have my calendar open all the way to the end of this year. When I talk to somebody and I'm like, oh my gosh, you would be great for my audience. I sent them the calendar link. So I have it all set up. But a lot of the others, you know, that stuff is automated. But I can't not show up. I've got 12 people already, 15 people waiting to be interviewed in the next, you know, so many Tuesdays. So that's that was a really good tip because if you do three and then it gets hard and then you get busy, you're going to stop. I think that the statistics is that 80% of podcasts have less than, have fewer than six episodes. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too, yeah. Yeah, so if you can book out 12, you're the, yeah, you're, yeah. it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit after three months. So that's really something that I would recommend for people to do. And this is the same as YouTube, right? I don't, I don't remember the stats, but it's something ridiculous, like 95% of YouTube channels never reach 1,000 subscribers. And so I see people and they're getting to 280 subscribers. I'm like, oh my God, you're, you're close to being in the 5%, you know, and when you get to 10,000, it's like 1% or something. I'll have to find those stats, but it's ridiculous, really. It only takes a small amount beyond the first, in, in this instance, you're talking about podcasters six before that's it. You're in, in a different territory to everyone else. The right. consistency is one word, but there's a little bit about discipline. There's a bit about forward planning, you, you know, that great advice of getting those 20 names in, you know, I've sent the list out to the speakers and they go and book themselves. And I just know they're going to be in here. So we're, we're on 13, 14, 15. I don't know where we're at now, but we're way past it now. Now we're, now we're into territory where I can see in 2024, we're going to be on 50 episodes by the end of this year, which is huge. So it's really big. Yeah. All, all of those things That's I think awesome. are important. And so going all the way back when we started this little bit of conversation, the return on investment, then the, the impacts that it's had on your business. And, and I'm asking you this question. I want you listeners to think about this, thinking about where Doreen is, is two years into strategy talks. So I want to ask you what the impact has been on your business and when, if you remember, did you start seeing it having the impacts that you, that you hoped it would have, or, or you planned it would have? I saw an impact pretty immediately where people would reach out to me and say, I love your show. So I saw an increase in direct messages on Facebook, LinkedIn, because that's where I was focusing on. And then I also added a strategy talks newsletter on LinkedIn and that would go to people's inbox. So I now have 1700 subscribers. I I kind of stalled on that newsletter a little bit. I just revived it. 
in January this year because I realized, you know, that's a lot of people that I can reach. So that kind of went hand in hand. And so what happened was, especially by me putting it out on multi different multi places, it's where, and it's interesting because this is the tip that you're, you know, that that I really want to focus on is where do people know you but might not know what you do. And that's happened, that place happened to be for me is on my Facebook personal profile. So initially when I was live streaming, I went to Facebook page, I went to Twitter, I went to Facebook personal profile, LinkedIn and YouTube. And the Facebook personal is what moves the dials for me. There were people I've been connected with because I've been on Facebook for like 12 years or 13 years, maybe even longer, 15 years, I don't know. But there were people that I connected to that sort of knew I was a social media strategist, but don't really understand what that means. But all those people have people in their lives that own a business. So by seeing me go live every single week, sometimes they tune in, sometimes they share it, sometimes they tag a friend. I started getting messages like, oh, you need to talk to my friend Doreen. She goes live all the time. She has all these experts. And I have three new clients that are directly related that came from referrals from my Facebook personal profile of people seeing this is what I do. Now, I'm not on my Facebook profile all the time saying, you know, hire me or, you know, packages or whatever. I'm just live streaming on there. It's that social proof. She does that she does. And I get personal referrals. And that's it, I think within six months, I started getting those. So just an important thing there, when you set up your personal profile, did you set it up for business? It's my personal profile. Yep. So it's just, I, it does say what I do, but I also share pictures of my family, of my dogs. And I used to also stream it to my profile as well as my page. Yep. But on my on my profile, it just gets streamed. I don't really interact with a lot of people, but it just in between pictures of my dogs playing in the snow or me going kayaking or running, there is my live show every week. So I'm not on the show selling anything. I'm not using it for business gain. Yeah. I'm using it for social proof. This is what I do. Well, I, it, it was a loaded question, really, because a lot of the people that I know that start these kind of journeys they avoid their personal profiles because they think that their friends their family people they're connected with don't want to see this stuff but what you proved right. is actually by sharing stuff into your personal realm and okay you're probably connected to way more work-based people now you are now getting the leads from it as well and what do your friends and family do they do they even talk to you about this stuff yeah, there are some people that, you know, my mom, she'll say, oh, you know, watch your show. She doesn't speak English, but she'll see me and she'll go on and watch. Um, then there are friends and family. I've had my brother on. I've had um, a cousin on. I've had family from the Netherlands come on my show. They're in business in the Netherlands. But I'm not really, I'm not really sharing it. I'm not tagging people. I'm not inviting people to come to the show i'm just it's here this is what i do this is who i am and it's done really well and yeah like i said i've been connected to some people one of the one of the people that i signed as a client which is a big pretty big client 
as a person, she and I started a business together 13 years ago, January 20, uh, yeah, 2011. We both started a business. I became a social media manager. She started her law firm. We started working together a year and a half ago, six months into strategy talks, because she is one of the people that saw me on my personal Facebook, subscribed to my newsletter, started reading it, started saying, hey, I like this. Hey, I like this. Uh, by May, because I started in general, by May, she's like, let's have a meeting. By July, I signed her. Amazing. And that was a 10-year lead, but you <laughs> never know. And she can, you know, she can refer me to other people. She's a business owner. And I just think that this is something that people forget to do. Most of my business, almost all of my business is referrals, right? Yeah. They're, you know, it's people saying, hey, I know Doreen, you need to work with her. So why not use that? personal profile on both LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. And that that's what's really um, made the difference. So I keep doing it to be visible. I keep doing it to have that consistency. I know other people drop out. I'm there every week. It's 30 minutes of FaceTime, like visible, and then probably another hour or so of additional tasks. And I have a VA that helps me with stuff. And that's going to be part of my talk at TubeFest, where I explain some of the, you know, the system that I've set up that works really well to make it not quite automated, but you can automate some of the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Make it less laborious for you. Because that, yeah. that's the challenge a lot of business owners think about when they, you know, if you're a creator, you expect it and you understand the creator workflow and process. But a lot of business owners are like, oh my God, another thing that I've got to add to my workload. But if you automate it if you outsource some of that work actually it becomes just your shit your scheduled session that you got to do with somebody and then for the most part like with this podcast in fact my va will pick it up from directly from squadcast which is what we're using to record it she'll take it into the script and she'll start doing all of the work with it and then before you know it it's published on all the platforms and and we're getting the benefit from it for our business yeah. Hey, um, Matt, let me ask you, does the, in the UK, do they have a BNI, like a business yes, network? Right, international? Course, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you are familiar with that, yeah. like an hour, an hour and a half a week commitment, right? This is the same kind of commitment that you could have your own BNI. You have 30 minutes, a one-on-one with one person, but a lot of other people are part of it. And you have the opportunity to touch base with all these incredible people that are out online for the same amount of time that you spend at the BNI doing one-on-one with the same 30, 40, 50 people yeah, every single yeah. week. You can do this with thousands of people and show off who you are, what you know, who's in your network, what services you provide, what pain points you solve. And that's super powerful. So if you see the power of a networking organization like BNI, then that jump to this, to doing a live stream, can't be that hard. Yeah. Can't be that crazy. I do wonder, like, if you, so if you're not familiar with BNI, it's just a networking event, like like many networking events, and uh, they have um, meetings all around the world. And you get put in a chapter, and it's your chapter, and you're supposed to refer to the people within your chapter. Um, And what they do as part of that is they have one-to-ones. I was just thinking when you're saying that, Doreen, like, Imagine if all those one-to-ones were live streamed. Imagine the total reach you could get from all of those people. Because, you know, they have the one-to-ones so you can get to know each other's business a little bit more. 
and then you're supposed to go out and do the work to to get the referrals and stuff but actually that is the thing you could just have that talk online and that's really the thing it'd be great to see if this podcast becomes more popular if people actually take in fact if you do take this as a, a general thing you think i'm going to start strategy talks type thing let us know come back and let us know maybe in a year's time uh, how you got on with it Doreen, I interviewed Cher Jerry Potter. Do you know Jerry? No. So Jerry Potter, he um, he has a show. Oh, I forget the name of it now. It's like Five Minute Social or something. His his YouTube channel is. He's got 125,000 subscribers. Really lovely guy. And he said when he started his channel that he would give it a year and then decide whether it worked or not. And, and he, he goes, go and listen to the episode. He's got, he's got more about it in there. But it was just so nice to hear somebody say like and plan for this long term thing. And it sounds like you've done the same. And if anyone listening to this is not getting the message that it's a longer term thing, set your sights on a year. We're in January now right. when I'm recording this, but set your sights on a year and then decide whether it's working or not. Don't do it for a month or for three episodes or six podcast episodes and then give in because you're just, you're just delaying all of this great stuff that comes after that fact. I know you said, I was hoping you'd say, actually, Matt, I didn't get any re return straight away. It took a while, but you were like, no, I'm straight in. I've got my return. Which, but, yeah. But that's the beauty of it, right? It can happen like that. And I think probably your audience building and your, you've got, what do they call it? It's like, um, it's like goodwill you've got goodwill out there you've done all of this stuff as part of your social media pro stuff and you got all that goodwill and it's like you, by doing this yourself you find it finally started to come back towards you which is wonderful that it happened so quickly i i i was gonna say i think that a lot of us that are working in marketing we forget to market ourselves yeah and i had forgotten that for a while and so this is me saying to the world hello i'm here you know and it's as a business owner you need to do that frequently. And a quick, easy way to do that is by going live and saying, hello, I'm here. I'm still offering the same services and products, but you know, I'm talking to the audience and here are some things you need to know about me. It's just kind of waving that hand of saying, I'm available whenever you're ready, reach out to me. That's what that is. Yeah. I, um, you've reminded, one of my favorite quotes is that the, the time to work on your roof is when the sun is shining or it's, it's something like that. And it talks about the fact that you often as a business owner, you work on stuff when it's bad, when it's not working or you've got your clients are dry, drying up, but you forget to do it when everything is good. But that's probably the most important time when you are busy, when you have got loads of clients, when you've got too much work going on, because if you don't do it, it does just dry up. And then you go, oh my God, uh, like you've just said, you know, marketers, we forget to do our own stuff. And, and it just leads to bad things going on. So you've got to keep this momentum. And the thing that I like about your strategy talks the most is just it's one hour, one half an hour every week. Like who can say they don't have the time? If you don't have the time for that, there's something else going on in your business that you need to rectify. And just before we wrap this up, Doreen, when we're talking about time and half an hour's time, tell me, we had dinner together. At, what was it? Social Media Marketing World. Yeah, in San Diego. And you, and you told me, how many kids have you got? Four. Four, right. Four kids. 
and we were talking about time and, and you, you started telling me all the things that you do in life, personally and professionally. And I was like, oh my God, Tareen, <laughs> if I could do, be as productive as you and still have a smile on my face with all the stuff that you're juggling, Tareen, it's a testament that you can do all the things and it can work out really well for you. So I just wanted to point that out because... I know someone said to me on a meeting today, they were like, oh my God, mate, you seem to be doing all the things. And I was like, yeah, but I look at other people like Doreen, who's doing all the things. I'm like, can I be more, more Doreen? Um, so there's always someone yeah. ahead of you or someone doing more and, or, or the perception is they're doing more. They're probably doing loads less. Right. And one of the things that I want to point out is that I'm an early bird. So I do the strategy talks at 8 a.m. Yeah. It's my most productive time. So when you think about doing this, it's going to be my last step here because I know we're wrapping it up. But you don't have to do it during business hours. Yeah. If you are an early bird, you get up at 6 a.m. and you want to record your show and you get guests to come on at 6 a.m., go do it. Or if you want to do it at 9 o'clock at night, if your best thinking is in the evening, the brilliant thing about having a show is that you set the stage and you can do it when you have that little bit of extra time. There are people that I know do it on the weekend, right? Yeah. Not that I want to do that on the weekend, but I actually had somebody reach out to me this week that I have announced my first show of the season and it's at 8 a.m. And he said, hey, just a tip. Why don't you do it at later? Because then I'm on Pacific time. Then I can watch the show because I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. And I said, that's a great tip. I appreciate it. It's my show. I actually, my audience is mostly on the East Coast and I want to grab European audience. Yeah. So if I do it at 10, that means everybody in the UK and in Europe is eating. They're not going to watch my show. So I want to do it at 8 a.m. when they can watch it because it's like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's my prerogative. That's who I'm targeting. And that's why I do it. Plus, if I did it at 10 a.m., which I did the first year, my whole morning was busy getting ready for the show. Yeah. And now I get up. I get ready for the show. My show ends at 8.30. I can start my work day. So that works for me. So you get to decide on how this is going to work for you once you decide to do a show like this. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's about setting your own boundaries, right? I, my wife's doing some boundaries work at the moment. I said to her recently, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do some content creation on Saturday. I've talked about this a lot. And I was like, I think I'm just going to work on Saturdays. And she would, you know, we talked about boundaries, like, but isn't that the weekend? Isn't that the time you have off? And I was like, yeah, it is. But if I don't, if I don't do work and I, I've got a lot I want to achieve this year, I was like, I'll just sit gaming on my Xbox. Like, it's not like I'm, if it was time I was missing with my kids, my kids are usually out now, you know, they're teenagers. I was like, then that's fair enough. But I was just, I'd just be gaming. I was like, I think I'd rather focus on my business. So it's just about your own boundaries, what you decide you want to do with the time that you've got. I love that you're not letting other people dictate when you should do these things. Why would you like? Because you'll right. hate it in the end as well. You know, when it's causing you issues in, in your own schedule, you'll just hate doing it. Right. Right. No, you have to enjoy it. And you have to, you know, get over yourself getting on video. The first, I think, strategy talks I did, I'm like, this is my first one. You know what the topic was? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> because I was like, I don't know, should I be doing a show? Is anybody going to watch? So I asked a friend to come on and I'm like, you're my friend. Can we talk about this together? And she's like, sure. That was my first show. Brilliant. Brilliant. Doreen, thanks so much. Let people know where they can find out about you and strategy talks and all of that, all of that good stuff. 
Okay. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. I would love a follow. You can send a connection request. It's Doreen Moore and Van Dam. Um, if you put in hashtag strategy talks, you should probably also find my shows. I go live Tuesday uh, Tuesdays, 8 a.m. on Eastern time. So if you're in the UK, that would be one o'clock in the afternoon. If you're the rest of Europe, two o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, yeah, most Tuesdays, that's where I am. But connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message and say, listen to the podcast with Matt. And I'm really looking forward to being in the UK in May and meeting everybody. Good. And that's the most important thing. We, you're here in May in Birmingham, May 23rd. The link will be in the, in the show notes as well. Uh, so make, make sure you get over to TubeFest. The great thing about the speakers, I've said this before, um, these are not speakers that will come out, do their session and disappear. We, they will be mingling. They'll be watching the other sessions. I'll be talking about this stuff. So do head over to and join us uh, on May the 23rd. All right. My name is Matt Hughes, King of Video. Thank you so much, Doreen. See you next time, guys.